1: Everyone, relax. This is Topop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. And in a bad sign for the uh, podcast today, mm. I have a Topop mug. Oh, and I smashed it. Why? I didn't mean to. I, you I looked mean, at it and you're like, "This, <laughs> this, this disgusts, disgusts me." me. I can't believe I can't even this swallow fucking this liquid. stupid podcast <laughs> that I fucking spent money on our own fucking merch. <laughs> no, I was uh, I was shaking out um, a doona in the bedroom and the mug was on a table mm. near the bed and it went on the floor and smashed everywhere. And I thought, is that a bad portent? Is that a bad omen for the podcast? What? Which depends. Which mug was it? It was a Tofot one and yeah, everyone one? relaxed. The one that says Tofot. Oh, with the cartoon just thing. says TOEFOP, like a tofop on it and everyone relax. So right. the classic old tofop branding, basically. Maybe it was like, we're was it done the old with logo? the old tofop, Yeah. This and is,
0: now we're... That's what it is. It's a sign that we are shattered. It's kind of like, you know, oh yeah, no, fuck it. That's that's old news. You know when George <laughs> Michael did the Faith music video? No, was it? What was the music video where he burnt the Faith jacket? Do you remember George Michael? Freedom? Freedom yes. 90?
1: yeah yeah this because is that our song's all Tof-Op about
0: freedom 90s yeah it's like we were these like polished pop stars man yeah. and we had the good time bands on the run
1: boy yeah exactly <laughs> the good time pods on the run boy yeah we, we were living were, in a fantasy living in a fantasy talking about kathy bates and tom <laughs> <Tramble>. <laughs> but smash That's what it is
0: it's like we're, we're the old us. It's no longer relevant. We're, this is the the new toe fop, the thoughtful
1: toe fop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We've had to have some sort of ceremony, some sort of cleansing ceremony. Right. And so I accidentally had that when I was trying to put the doona on. <laughs> now, I remember
0: hearing a story about Johnny Depp, and this may be something that, you know, his publicist helped him work on to make him sound cooler. But there's a story about Johnny Depp that when he was on 21 Jump Street, which he hated, he hated being like a network TV star and a heartthrob and stuff, that... The thing that bugged him most on Sunset Strip, there was a billboard of 21 Jump Street and that he and a mate once decided to graffiti it. And so they climbed up there with spray cans and they were graffitiing over the 21 Jump Street poster. And then a cop arrived and was like, hey, wait a minute, you're the guy on the poster, which sounds like a cool, if you're trying to cultivate an image of being like a bad boy, a Hollywood bad boy. But do you think that's what we're doing is like, yeah, man, we're just fucking... We don't. We don't. We're not mainstream. You don't know what we're going to do next.
1: Our equivalent of smashing, uh, graffitiing a poster <laughs> on Sunset Strip is smashing one of our own mugs <laughs> I paid for myself. <laughs> but no one will see.
0: Anyway, it's not like no one
1: even knew you had it's it. It's not like Johnny Depp paid for that twenty-one Jump Street poster on the Sunset Strip, took fifty thousand dollars out of his own bank <laughs> account, and just went. And then I'm going to smash it. If you were his
0: agent, you get mm-hmm. the call. I mean, look, I'm sure he didn't get in any trouble or whatever. But the publicist calls and says, look. Johnny uh, uh, got ar- arrested, or at least, you know, he, he got pulled over by the cops last night and he vandalised the billboard. It's probably going to get back to the producers of 21 Jump Street. Just wanted to give you a heads up. As the agent, what's your next move?
1: Well, firstly, you bounce around the office on your already swollen testicles. <laughs> and excitement about the opportunity this gives you in your next negotiation. Because, like, his whole character is that he's this, you know, bad undercover boy. cop. He's oh, a right. bad boy. You know, like... It, it fits him perfectly. You'd be asking for more money. You'd be like, I think you saw the news. We want an extra $50,000 an episode. So you think that they would be like,
0: because we told that story about um, Oasis, like, uh, uh, you know, their first uh, trip overseas as a band, they went to Amsterdam. They never made it because they started a fight on the ferry and blah, blah, blah. And their agent was like, fantastic. You can't buy this kind of publicity. (laughs) Do you think Johnny Depp's agent was like, great. We, you know, we've got a big plans for this guy. You know, we want him to be known as the the, the the anti-heartthrob heartthrob.
1: That's what it would have been great if we had, like, managers and, you know, producers and stuff in the early days of uh, TOEFOP and we're like, we've lost another episode. They'd be like, great. <laughs> <laughs> totally fits in <laughs> with a, the big picture idea of you guys being these lovable idiots. <laughs> Brilliant. On brand. We're asking for more money. from patreon does it
0: ever kind of like you know because we're a fairly professional unit now we Mm -hmm. have people who take care of those things and make sure the show sounds good and is released on time and you know we have taylor doing social media and stuff does it ever kind of grind your gears when something does kind of like you know an episode comes out late and people like typical fop, wouldn't
1: expect anything else uh no i think it's i'm glad that we've set that as our base level for what people expect You know I feel like there is there is a certain comfort in the idea that no matter how fucked we are people will be like oh that's on brand. Yeah. It's like when we've tried to do that live Instagram. Yes. And it took us like 20 minutes to get the microphones working in us everyone's just like ah, this is great. <laughs> this is these Look guys. What are these idiots? Look how terrible they are at their job. So if we set their pretend job they made up themselves. If we set the bar low enough then we can never really fall underneath it, can we? I mean, I guess that's true. Yes. We have lowered expectations right to the bottom. And therefore, anyone who just... The people are just happy that they get it at any stage. Although, like we've been putting out weekly episodes now for... At least... It feels like a year. At least a year. It's yeah. got to be more than a year, I think, that we've regularly put out episodes. And it's been nearly two years of regularly putting out episodes of Philosophy now. And so... I think that that is a level of professionalism that we have brought to the table. Yeah, where's our respect? We're not Rodney Dangerfield. (laughs) We, we, TOFOP, much like Rodney Dangerfield, (laughs) don't get no respect. Well, I guess it's kind of like, the the
0: equivalent is probably, you know, like a guy in a boy band, like Harry Styles or Justin Timberlake. They go out and they want to be a serious Mm. artist, but everyone's like, ah, no, you're a fucking sync guy. Like, you've got to somehow, you can't, erase the past but you've got to somehow say look i've had two distinct stages in my career like when justin tim did the super bowl and then at the very end he brought out the instinct guys and it was like a ni- nice little nod to say hey yeah you know like i haven't forgotten my past i know where i've come from like is it important that we acknowledge we occasionally acknowledge that we had this embarrassing past
1: yeah except like to use the boy band example that would imply that one of us had left and become more popular. Yeah. And then brought the other back for a performance. Right. Like it be- Well, that is philosophy. Philosophy
0: was a show that started from TOFOP, essentially, right. which has become our most popular podcast. And occasionally you'll... Well, not occasionally, you regularly come back. Yeah. Like, has there ever been someone who's had... <laughs> oh, Michael Jackson, I guess, for a while. He was Michael Jackson, but he would still tour with the Jackson 5. Right. So I guess it... But at some point... He was like, fuck, why do I need my brothers? (laughs) Like, I'm doing fine on my own. In fact, I was doing fine before then, let's be honest.
1: (laughs) Um, I guess that the equivalent... Phil Collins. Yeah, Phil Collins. Phil Collins. We can still play with Genesis and that's fine. And people still like Genesis, but he's Phil Collins. Have I spoken on Topop about that Phil Collins clip that I'm obsessed with? Okay, so there's this Phil Collins clip that I am just absolutely fucking obsessed with at the moment. And I've watched it maybe like 15 times. It is. I've never seen a crowd be so into a moment in a like pop and rock and roll show in the history of pop and rock and roll. Can I guess what yeah, it is? Please guess. Is it in the air tonight? Yes. Is it when he does the drum solo? Okay. So he, you might have seen this clip. I'm not sure. But he's performing on this set, which is the biggest set you have I ever have seen in I've your seen entire life. life. Have you seen this? Yeah. It looks like, I mean, it's it's like the set of like uh, Ninja Warrior yeah. or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is Phil Collins' set. And. In the air tonight is his encore, obviously, right? Yeah. So it starts with him just backstage. Mm-hmm. And so you, you're just seeing the crowd build up and, like, you know, it all just sort of starting up and feels backstage. And he's wearing, like, I guess like a smock, like pants and a smock. <laughs> like a painter's smock? No, like more like a monk's
0: smock. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Like a um, – almost like a – like a what a Kung Fu master – might wear exactly. I, yeah, yeah. He
1: looks like he's working at the local dojo, like a collarless. It's like a collar. I, I think I have seen this, clip it's obviously, yeah. So he's popped down from work at his local dojo, and he's Genesis does not exist in this dojo, does it? No, Phil say. <laughs> so he has a um like a headset microphone (laughs) it's like he's it's like he's doing a ted talk or he's launching apple's new iphone right yes or like starting his own cult (laughs) it's very cult leader like you know song and so he's on this massive set um he's in his smock He's got this like uh headset microphone on that has this sort of ball ball, yeah, on the front of it, but it's kind of like a flat ball, like he's working the drive through at McDonald's. So he's come from <laughs> his two other jobs, the dojo and working the drive through at McDonald's, and then popped down to do the encore. And his it gig. was the first time, the last
0: time they ever met.
1: Would you like prior to that? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just drive through the next window, please. He's taking orders as he's doing this concert, and so there's a bit of fun with him backstage, they're filming him back. Stage, and you know, the crowd's all building up. And at this concert, there's got to be it's a massive venue, there's probably 20,000 people there, minimum, right? And he comes out and he starts singing in the air tonight. And basically, his performance is that he just walks around yes, the set that's right, so there's no real dancing or anything, <laughs> which is He's- kind of a relief. <laughs> Because if it's the same clip I've seen, he's probably in his mid-50s, right? Oh, at least. And it's hard to tell with Phil Collins because he's always looked like he was in his mid-50s. But I would say he's at least in his mid-50s at this stage. And so he's just walking around this set and that's the show. Look at this set. I am now just going to walk around this set. It's almost like there's something kind of like,
0: it's almost expressionistic theatre or something because mm. it's like the it's black set from memory, right? Yeah. Like it is a big black set. Black and kind of blue. and Yeah, yeah. but it's very minimalist, yeah. you know, and he's just walking around and it's, because it's a low energy song. So he's kind of just walking around the stage, singing through it. Yeah, continue. Right.
1: And so there's a couple of moments in that people go absolutely uh, wild wildful, And the first one, and this builds you up for how wild they're going to go for the big reveal, is when he does... Do you remember? Ma, 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 <laughs> and people just like Yeah yeah. And even then you can kind of see in his eyes, oh, oh, I've got him now, I'm gonna you, get him well, later. If I get them with this bit, they are gonna love the next bit. <laughs> and so he walks so he's he's walked from the top of the set down one stage to the front of the stage, mm. sung a bit of the song, and does his do you remember? And then he walks right back up the other side of the set. And it's dark. Yeah. Up in the top middle part of the set, and so he's walking towards. As yes, you have revealed his drum kit. Yeah. I think which they, is. I in, don't think that's a big surprise. I think everyone knows that is the. Well, here's what I love about this clip the most. You would think that that's what everybody knows, but there is a moment where he's only about a meter and a half away from the drum kit, <laughs> and then and, and 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 you know a couple of bars away from. That bit of the song, because it's perfectly timed, and then suddenly the lights come on the drum kit, and the crowd go wild in a way when they realize, oh my god, he's gonna play the drums. It's the drums and he's gonna play the drums. Like, never has anything been more obvious and yet more of a surprise in one moment. And then he sits down at that drum kit and he plays that drum solo. People. Just have never been happier. Like, literally, if you could bottle that moment in their life and you ask those 20,000 people, what was the happiest moment you've ever spent in their life? They would be going, It was that one meetup between when we realized he was going to play the drums and when he played the drums. That was the happiest I've ever been in my life. And I think if you're a drummer too,
0: because the drums are such a kind of like big instrument you know like it's not like you can just whip out a, a set of drums and play them. So for a drummer they very rarely get that kind of sweet child of mine opening riff moment where the crowd goes, oh like you know we know what's that what, what's coming next but that drum fill or whatever it is is like that's Phil Collins's signature sound and the fact that he plays the drums himself is like people like, oh man. It's all. It all makes sense now, <laughs> right?
1: That's why he's got the headset mic on. He needs his hands free to play the drums. I should have seen this coming. Yes, of course you should have seen this coming. But he's. That's why the set's so big. I think it's all distraction to give him enough time to. Yeah, but it's all also distraction that you don't notice that there's a giant drum kit up in the middle. So can because you, you're so distracted by everything else, can you? All right, so. The, the drums are they in darkness and the, the yeah. light for oh, okay, right? Right, right, right.
0: It's not like they lower it down, <laughs> like, like that would be even more amazing. Would, As he's making throughout this set, uh, the, drums the just drum, the drum kit like, just lowers from the yeah. roof.
1: You know what? If Phil Collins is listening to this podcast, he'll be spewing it and thinking <laughs> that because that is the only thing that could have made the moment better. It is, I don't know why, but I, I reckon I've watched that clip like 10 or 12 times in the last three weeks because. There is just something about the audience not realizing what is going to happen and then realizing what is going to happen that is just so joyful.
0: What's the and what's the rumor about in the air tonight that it's it's a it was based on a true story about it's Phil wrote it because he knows that a friend of his saw someone drowning and, and turned the other way. That's like because well, as Eminem explained to us, you know that song by Phil Collins <laughs> in the air tonight, where a guy saw another guy drowning and Phil saw
1: it all and after his concert he felt something like that. <laughs> Do you know what the the urban myth is? Well, that's I, I believe that's kind of what the urban myth is, but it's not about that. Is in the, the air tonight. Truth. Myth. But yeah, look at Myth. Up. In the air tonight. Myth. Okay, here we go.
0: All right, fact check. This is from Snopes. Right.
1: Got to ruin everything, don't they, Snopes? It's good that Snopes have got involved in this, though. In between, like, debunking Donald Trump's lies and stuff like that, it's good <laughs> that they suddenly... Guys... Phil Collins in the air tonight. That's the one we're doing today. Okay. So uh,
0: in the air tonight, false rumor holds that Phil Collins wrote the song in the air tonight after witnessing an incident in which a man refused to come to the aid of a drowning swimmer. Um, okay. Of all pop songs for which elaborate apocryphal backstories have been created to explicate the lyrics. All right. Fucking. calm down <laughs> 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 Phil, Co-
1: Phil
0: Collins, 1981 hit in the air tonight. From his, what album was it from? Could you tell me? Uh, no jacket required. It's the only <laughs> album I know, as well. <laughs> but that is wrong. It's called Face Value, and perhaps uh, perhaps the most varied and fantastic set of legends associated with okay, it. Okay, great. Encompassing adultery, rape, murder, drowning and the dramatic exposure of a reprehensible wrongdoer resulting in an arrest or suicide. The narratives all include despicable acts either witnessed by Phil Collins or visited upon him and his family or friends. Inspiring the musician to exact a form of revenge by encapsulating the experience in the lyrics of a song. Okay.
1: Um, Also, just before even we get into what those rumours are. What a great insight into how people think Phil Collins operates. That if he sees an injustice done, he he'll just write a <laughs> Phil Collins song about Why it. Why don't you save him from drowning?
0: <laughs> Maybe the guy didn't save him because he couldn't swim. And he thought, what is the point of two of us going out there in jail? just
1: make yeah. the situation worse. The guy's works. like, hey, Phil, do you want to ha- have a hand in this? And Phil's over there with the <laughs> and hey Hang oh, on, I hang no, buddy. You <laughs> wait. About Phil's drawing a set with a giant set of drums. <laughs> Maybe I could get him to like fall from the roof. <laughs> Okay, every once in a while, I'll hear
0: someone mention that there's a story behind the Phil Collins song in the air tonight. This seems to be a quote from someone, yeah, so I'm not this sure. This will be the the inquiry, probably. Okay, right. At any rate, Phil supposedly wrote this song after watching another man watch someone drown. He was too drunk or stoned to help himself. Okay, well, it's still fair enough. Like, I think in that situation, maybe you should just call for help. Call an ambulance or call police rescue or something like that. The other man apparently could have done something to save the drowning in person, but he didn't. One version of the story even has Phil doing detective work. Oh, I love it. Phil Collins, the gumshoe. One version of the story even has Phil doing detective work to find the identity of the bystander, inviting him to a concert for free without revealing why. Oh, yeah, great. Perfect. <laughs> and then humiliating him in front of a
1: huge crowd. The guy's wife divorces him and he loses his job. Yes. That would be the great end of every episode if it was Phil Collins' detective, Angela Lansbury, Murder, She Wrote style, and every week Phil has to solve a case and then the final scene is the concert where he's invited that person to the concert and he's written a song about them. It's a
0: pretty, like, what is your end game there? Like, to humiliate this guy, what are you hoping will happen? Is this guy will be so shamed that he'll then turn himself in? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's other ways to do it, isn't there? Well, I guess it's just a public unmask. What if the like, song wasn't a hit? Like, what if you released it and it was such a bomb that, like, you can't really fit it into your to your show? Or he starts mm. playing it and people at concert start going to get snacks and drinks. There's they... a
1: whole bunch of other people who are just like, oh, yeah, he tried to publicly shame me, but the song was shit <laughs> and <no laughs> most of the people were at the bar. So I got away with it. <laughs> okay, so this is what they've compiled here. This is all the
0: rumours that Stones mm. have compiled about this. So this person said... Um, all right, this is definitely true, except the part about the spotlight. Although he was in the, the guy in question was in the front row. Um, it probably looked like the spotlight was on him, but it wasn't. And right after the show, the guy in question killed himself. Oh. So, Phil, I mean, if, like, you've just. Two people have done It's a tragedy twice now, and you're complicit in that. Someone should write in the air
1: tonight, too, about, <laughs> about Phil, Phil Collins. Yeah. They invite Phil Collins to a concert, and he's sitting in the front row, and they're like, well, we've got two drum kits. Yeah.
0: Watch out, Phil Collins. <laughs> okay, this is another person. That says, okay, my first girlfriend was a big Genesis Phil Collins fan, and according to something she'd heard, in the air tonight was inspired by Phil finding his then wife okay. in bed with another man oh. and at a party they were attending. I can feel it coming in there. tonight. <laughs> Maybe. Another person says, what I heard about the song is it's Phil or the storyteller noting mm. that a friend watched someone drown in a lake and did not offer help. Another person says, I heard that Phil Collins, when he was small, oh, small <laughs> Phil, still looked like he was 50. I imagine.
1: When he was an eight year old, he looked like he was 50.
0: He witnessed an individual drowning, drowning another individual. Okay. So yeah. murder. Apparently the individual looked up and spotted Phil. To this day, at every concert, Phil starts out singing this song as an accusation aimed at the future. <laughs> uh, I like this one. Uh, this, is, this is a very colloquial uh, 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 way it's written. Mm-hmm. Last night at happy hour, good old Phil came on the jukebox singing in the air tonight. Me and the boys got to talking and doing the drum solo when one of them mentions what sounds to me like a UL, urban legend. He says, the inspiration for this song came from years ago. Phil's wife had been assaulted and Phil knew uh, who it was. Much later at night, Phil's walking around a lake when he hears a call for help from the lake. Some guy's drowning. Phil (laughs) swims out to save the guy. But when he reaches him, it's the guy who assaulted his wife. (laughs) He lets him go, swims back to shore and lets him drown. And then writes a song about it. All right, so traumatic night for Phil his wife has been assaulted he goes for a swim for some reason rather than spending like staying with his wife no there's a guy drowning oh well he's out and about you well man, his wife's been lake. attacked like don't you stay yeah. with her make sure she's okay he's like I'm, gonna, go- I'm going
1: for a walk down the lake <laughs> at night and it just but then again the guy who committed the assault why yeah. is he swimming what's yeah what's he doing <laughs> so trying to make a break for it
0: Another person says the version of the story that I heard is that uh, Phil's wife is assaulted. Phil finds out where the guy lives. He arranges to play a concert at the guy's hometown. The ticket is sent to his house. Phil debuts uh, debuts the song debuts debuts the song at the concert.
1: Um, okay, so if you've just watched someone like drown or watch someone be murdered, yeah, and you receive a ticket to a Phil Collins concert in the mail. Do you immediately go to the concert? Would you Would you be suspicious that you got a free Phil Collins ticket? Yes. I mean... I'd be sus on any free ticket to a Phil Collins gig from now on. Yes. Just based on these rumours. Like if out of the blues you were like, hey, you know what? I was at home and we suddenly got uh, two tickets to go and see Phil Collins. I'd be like, oh no. But I'm you, not going there. I'm not sitting down Your seat's down the front. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> it's, it's happening under the again. Yeah. But so you are banking on the fact, mm-hmm.
0: if you're Phil, yeah. that this guy is a Phil Collins fan, that he's want to go. Because, you, know, you know, we get, um, you and I often offer tickets to go see things and, and whatever. And if you're
1: not into it, you often won't go. So I've turned down heaps of things. Imagine if yeah. there people trying to uh, to go see, like, Finger Me for a Limp, Crime. Or Limp biscuit. Like yeah, Fred Durst like is <laughs> kind of invited to the opening night of A uh, Lion King. But I did not go because I thought that Simba was going to finger me for a crime. Um, okay so this guy says I heard a similar story about 10 years ago
0: I believe that I heard it on Casey Kaysen's top 40 Casey Kaysen's top 40 Um, according to my memory Phil and his buddy okay (laughs) so there's another we're sailing (laughs) and a downpour started which caused the boat to capsize Phil was swimming to shore with his friend and saw a guy sitting on his dock just watching him he screamed for him to help apparently the guy had a boat and everything (laughs) but the guy just sat there and watched Phil made it back to shore, but his friend drowned. Phil later tracked this guy down and sent him front row tickets to a near, to a nearby concert. The guy showed up, and Phil did blah way. Again, he's not very direct. Phil, is that why Genesis broke up? It's like the rest of the other two guys in Genesis were well,
1: like, "Well, you know how they found out they'd broken up." Phil invited them to the concert, and he'd written a song about it. You guys are not in the band anymore. <laughs> right,
0: yeah. So, Snopes uh, butt in here. So, yes. in between all the all the anecdotes, say. The, speci, 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 the non-specificity. Spe- <laughs> su- 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 <laughs> how nice. The, <laughs> the, the
1: non-specific nature of the song's Specificity. Lyrics. No. Oh, now I can't do it. Specificity. Spef, speci, specificity. <laughs> <laughs> specificity. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> how do you pronounce it? Spec- if- specificity. Spef- specific- specificity. Specificity. <laughs>
0: That's right. This show has improved out of sight in the last 10 years. The non-specific nature of the song's lyrics allowed for a variety of interpretations with lines such as, Well, if you told me you were drowning, I would not lend you a hand. Okay,
1: let's go through the lyrics. That's what I want to do. Okay, know. you got yeah, it. I'm going to look up the lyrics of In the Air Tonight because um, I, I want to see if we can... Oh, I've got the them lyrics. here. Oh, you've got them all there? All right, yeah.
0: Good. Okay. Right. I can feel it coming in the air tonight, yeah. Oh Lord. I've been waiting for this moment all, all my life, oh Lord. Can you feel it coming in there tonight, oh Lord? Uh, da, da, da. Um, if you told me you were drowning, I would not lend a hand. Okay. I've seen your face before my friend, but I don't know if you know who I am. Okay, so that
1: fits into the... Okay, so with these lyrics so far, my number one choice of all the rumours is the guy who assaulted his wife. Right. Because... You're talking about like, you know, coming in the air tonight, you know, and then it's suddenly like, you don't know who I am, but I know who you are, mate. But he would know who Phil was,
0: you'd think. There's probably more of a chance, unless it's like a random attack. Yeah, a random okay, attack. Okay, that's a random attack. Yeah. Okay, so it wasn't like an affair or anything like no. that. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, you don't know who I am. Well, I was there mm-hmm. and I saw what you did and I yeah. saw it with my own two eyes. So you can wipe off the grin. I know where you've been. It's all been a pack of lies. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, I can feel it coming in the air tonight. Well, I remember. I remember. remember. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I remember. Don't worry. How could I ever forget? It's the first time, the last time we ever met. But I know the reason why you keep your silence up. No, you don't fool me. The hurt doesn't show, but the pain still grows. It's no stranger to you and me. <laughs> no, I don't know whether the drums all the guns in <laughs> one of those two places okay uh, this is Snopes lighting effects used when Collins performed the song on subsequent tours mm. may have fed versions of the legend that end with the perpetrator being identified and singled out via the spotlight and then this is another person's story in the air tonight gives me chills I saw a film perform it live on his into the light tour and it was really cool <laughs> the stadium was completely dark except for these lights encircling the stage it stretched out and started to look through the crowd the lights look like those things that a submarine uses to see the surface.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: those lights that we all <laughs> yeah. no really What a well. great relatable example.
1: <laughs> if people couldn't imagine what lights look like at a concert, that has really cleared it up. Lights in submarine I didn't know submarines had lights that look for the surface. So, hang on. You're telling me we've gone to a rock and roll concert and it's dark, but there's some sort of light that's circling the stage? I can't in any way imagine <laughs> that. Do you have a more clear and accurate example? Submarines? Oh, you got me. I'm in. The overall effect was really simple, uh, but very effective. It was really
0: neat. Okay, this is Snopes. As Phil Collins has explained numerous times over the years, I bet. In the Air Tonight, as well as most of the Face Value album, deals with his bitterness and frustration of the end of his marriage to his first wife, Mm -hmm. and the lyrics do not reference any specific real-life event. Uh, under variations, the various forms of legend about the origins of Phil Collins' song encompass many differences in many differences in detail. The song is usually said to be about an incident Phil observed, uh, but it's sometimes reported that Collins based the lyrics on an incident he heard about but didn't witness. So like he took it from a mm-hmm. newspaper article or something. The time lapse between Collins' witnessing the incident and his writing of the song varies. He wrote this song right away, he waited several years, or he wrote the song many years later... <laughs> Because he was a child when the incident took place. Well, that's everything. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that is so non-specific. The nature of the tragic incident also varies. Uh, it is most often a man standing idly by while someone else drowns or nearly drowns. But in other forms, mentioning a deliberate drowning, i.e. a murder, uh, a rape of Collins' wife, mm-hmm. or Collins catching his wife in an adulterous act. Yeah. The victim takes on several identities. Collins' brother... Collins' wife, but only when the incidents involve sexual assault. A close friend of Collins, a stranger in distress, whom Collins recognizes as his wife's so attacker but mm. refuses to help. That's the that's the that's the first draft one, I think. That's someone came out and it's like then they spoke to the editor and they said it's too many, too many plot points. Let's mm. simplify the story. And then Phil Collins himself, who supposedly nearly drowned when his boat capsized. In the versions featuring an anonymous, innocent drowning victim, Collins himself does not provide aid himself because he's either too drunk or stoned, too far away or too busy soliciting help. Now, I reckon Phil bears some responsibility here. Because he doesn't know that the other guy wasn't also too drunk or too stoned or maybe had his kids with him or something like that. He doesn't
1: know that the other guy wasn't writing a song about Phil Collins not helping. Yeah, (laughs) they're both looking. Billy Joel (laughs) and Phil Collins. The other guy was Billy Joel. (laughs) Are
0: both standing on a beach watching someone drown, looking at each other. Yeah, well,
1: what about the time that you burnt down that house and (laughs) blamed me for starting (laughs) the fire? How about that, Phil?
0: In versions where Collins learns the identity of the killer sometimes by hiring a private detective. Oh, yeah. He invites the man to an upcoming concert uh, and sends him a ticket anonymously. Mm. At the subsequent concert, Collins premieres in the air tonight, which he sings while the spotlight shines on the invited guest. I love that because there are moments in rock concerts where they'll do that, you know, especially if it's a ballad or a love song, Oh, you know, or the camera will isolate on one person and you'd be like, oh... Ah, Phil,
1: I love Phil, the the camera's on me. And then it's like, (laughs) Jacques. Well, we went to see um, Leonard Cohen and um, what had happened was I was meant to be going to see Leonard Cohen another night. And then my um, uh, manager, she had to like have an emergency wedding. Her mum was dying and so they rushed forward their wedding so that her mum could like, you know, enjoy her wedding. And it happened to be the night that we were going to go and see Leonard Cohen, so... She did not need to do this, my manager, but she contacted the Cindy Entertainment Centre where the other concert was going to be Mm. and said, is there any tickets left? And there wasn't. It was completely sold out. And then a few days before the concert, she rang and said, well, it turns Mm. out that there's some tickets and they're not going to make you pay for the tickets because they were tickets that were going to go to a prize winner. And the prize winner... Couldn't come to the concert. It's great cover for Leonard Cohen to bloody. <laughs> and so we go to the con- concert, and we suddenly realise we are sitting front row centre. So
0: Leonard Cohen's about to accuse you. <laughs> Leonard Cohen oh was God. in Byron
1: Bay. He saw you
0: on the beach when a swimmer was out past the flags, and he's like, I "This was son drunken stoner. A- yeah, <laughs> it all checks out."
1: <laughs> <laughs> And, like, people still, like, I'll meet people who say, oh, did you enjoy that Leonard Cohen concert? And I was like, how do you know I was there? And they said, well, you're on the big screen all the time because right. the camera would go to the front row. So maybe I was... There's a setup. Maybe I missed something. Maybe yeah. one of Leonard Cohen's songs was yeah. about me accusing me of something. Hallelujah.
0: is really about a guy who could have saved another guy from Downing. So uh, the little side note, the little uh, yeah. extra info is um, hip-hop artist Eminem referenced the legend on the Marshall Mathers LP. So in Stan it goes, you know the song by Phil Collins in the air tonight about the guy who could have saved the other guy from drowning, but didn't then Phil saw it all. And that is show we found him. So an annotation of that lyric surmised that the titular Stan is jumping to the conclusion that the myth is true since he's not very rational right now. Okay, right. He's a fucking genius lyricist. Demo, so that's
1: man. meant to be the same. It's side. meant to be, that, yeah,
0: that okay. he's unstable. Yeah. He's a good
1: rapper, that guy. He is Rots actually. good lyrics. He actually really... I mean... that's smart? I didn't pick that it's up. There's a lot of downside, oh, yeah. you know, that uh, Marshall has, but there is also a lot of upside. Yeah. All right, mm. that's the show. <laughs> <laughs> Felt like
0: a good place to finish it. What have we done, 15 minutes?
1: <laughs> uh, we actually have done... Um, Oh good. Words. Well we've got some mail. So okay. why don't we just dig into in. some mail? Right. Hang on. Let's you start. get your iPad. Right. And I'm gonna pause this for a second and I'm gonna play you this moment from Phil Collins. Oh, yeah, Brilliant. We are back. We uh, just we just watched <laughs> Phil Collins. And Charlie was right. The drum, it doesn't come from the roof, yeah. but it rises up. Out of the stage. it's That is a detail in all the times I've watched it that I actually haven't noticed that it rises up out of the fucking stage. But his stage performance is even more muted than I remember. Yeah. It is literally just him walking down Very one slowly. side of the... Really slowly. Because <laughs> he's an old man going down steps and he has to concentrate on the fact that he's going down
0: steps. And the best bit is when, he go, when he's come down, he's walked the front of the stage and then he goes up the other set of stairs... He stops halfway like an old man who's come down to tell you kids to knock it off and he stops halfway, turns back and glares at the audience before slowly
1: walking up the rest. Of it. it's, it's amazing. It is. It, there is something about that. So I would hope that at every Phil Collins concert, they put the spotlight on one person.
0: Yeah, just to fuck with them.
1: Just to the fuck with them. Like, imagine that. You go to a Phil Collins concert and he sings there, and then suddenly there is just a bright light on you. <laughs> and you're like, it's not me. So maybe like, uh,
0: you know, uh, the, the FBI or something come to Phil oh, yeah. and say, look, we've got a bunch of kind of like, uh, uh, what do they called? Cold cases. Right. Like, but we think we... We think we know he did it. We just don't have enough evidence. But we think maybe if you can break him, we can put enough pressure on
1: them that maybe they'll just crack. It'd be a good end to every crime podcast. Yeah. <laughs> every true crime podcast ends with Phil Collins' concert. They just send someone some free
0: tickets, put him in the front row, and hope he cracks. It's also funny, too, because watching that, and look, you know, I mean, we're not really the right vintage for Phil Collins. I guess it's a generation above us. But. There was that era in pop music mm. where pop stars <laughs> were middle-aged men. It was like Robert Palmer, there was George Harrison, there was Phil Collins. Like, they were writing these pop songs, but they you're right, they all look like
1: butchers. And <laughs> I mean, Phil Collins more than any of them. There's just every part of him in that that you just go, I don't know what's going on. How, like, this guy was the biggest pop star? pop star in the entire world for a while. And... He is just like a middle-aged man in a smock. Well, the crazy thing is, like Genesis were a big band, yes. right? And who's was the lead? It was Peter Gabriel? Yeah, right. Okay, Sledgehammer. And, Peter
0: yeah. Gabriel. And but they, even after he left, they were still a pretty successful band. But then, like you know, people talk about Dave Grohl when Nirvana ended. Dave Grohl must have thought, "Well, you know, that's it." Phil Collins must have had a few of those <laughs> thoughts, like. Like, Dave Grohl's still pretty rock and roll, even though he's the drummer from Nirvana. Like, you're yeah, like, okay, well, maybe we'll never have Nirvana success, but, you know, he's a rock and roller. But when Peter Gabriel left, how many people were like, well, Genesis will never continue, then they
1: do. And they're like, well, Phil will never have a solo career. And then he did. Is Dave Grohl the biggest drummer who became a solo artist, or is Phil Collins? That's a good question. They so say he sold more albums. Would that be online, you reckon? How many albums? Yeah, absolutely. Just look up how many albums Phil Collins has sold and then how many albums the Foo Fighters have okay. sold. how many albums? I mean, Phil Collins probably has sold more just because people bought more albums back in those yeah. days as well. But I would say that Phil Collins is still got it over. If Dave Grohl... Dave Grohl's the coolest musician in the world unless he's in a room with Phil Collins.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, how
1: many albums has Phil Collins sold? I'm going to say 80 million albums. More. More than 80 million. Yeah. Worldwide? 120 million. More. More than 120 million albums worldwide. Yeah. Uh, 150. 150 albums worldwide. 30 million in in the United States alone. Right. Okay. Okay, Foo Fighters. How many of the Foo Fighters? I'm going to say more like 80 million. (sighs) Way, way less. 45 million. Less Twenty million, less, less, fifteen
0: million. I oh, know. Sorry, hang on. That's the US. Yeah. So uh, uh, go uh, go back to your fifty million. Eighty. I said uh, eighty less. originally.
1: So fifty less. Forty less. Thirty.
0: Thirty-two million. Thirty-two million. But I think you're right. Though I think it's more about they. Foo Fighters started when like Napster and MP3s right. were kicking off and stuff. So yeah, Phil Collins <laughs> is the biggest drummer turned pop star. T- turned rock star in the world. And he's a, didn't he win an Oscar as well? He won an Oscar for like the Tarzan animated movie. He wrote the music for Tarzan. So, I mean, we're making fun of him. Yeah. But, <laughs> but he, A, he's a
1: crime fighter. Well, firstly, first and foremost, solves cold cases. Yeah. Number one. Secondly, I mean, he's definitely the most uh, famous crime solving <laughs> pop star. <laughs> pop star. Okay, well,
0: what other drummers would there be? Like oh, Ringo, Ringo Starr would be yeah. the other one, but Ringo's solo career was more of a like a, a laugh, right? A novelty, a novelty, a side, yeah, a side project. I can't think of any other drummers that became like frontmen besides those two. Really, Google that. That'll be there'll be information about that. What do Dr- I Google? Just drummers who became frontmen. Front men. A list. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, drummers who became frontmen? I found an article, an NME, uh, which is 20 drummers who became stars in their own room.
1: Perfect, there we go.
0: So uh, you know more about music than me, so I will give you the name of the person and then you tell me the band. Okay. Uh, uh, Danielle Haim. Danielle Haim from the band Haim. Correct. Before she hit the big time with her sisters, she was hitting the skins... For Julian Casablancas, touring as a backup musician on guitar and drums with the Strokes Frontman's solo project. She returned to the kit last summer playing with the Killers. Huh, how about that? I don't know. Uh, What if I said Janet Weiss?
1: Uh, from uh, the band The Weiss Bars <laughs> <laughs> Ice cream and mango or whatever go, exactly. <laughs> uh, You don't know who that is?
0: Uh, no One third of Slater Kinney Oh, I like Slater Kinney Good band um, Okay uh, This is someone you'll know um, I'll, I won't tell you a name Because I'll give it away But uh, famous associate of Prince uh, famous associate of Prince. You know how he always had his muses? Yeah, so... Oh, oh, uh, uh, Not diamond or pearl. <laughs> no, so it was somebody that Prince played with a lot, who played the drums. She, she played drums she for She played drums. Yeah, and you're sewing half her name. Oh, uh, Sheila she, E. Sheila e, she, e, e, e. E, e. e. Prince tried to snaffle away Sheila Escovedo's talent behind a drum kit all for himself. But alongside guesting with him throughout the early 80s, she also set up a successful solo career. Okay. This guy, um, you'd know him very well. He uh, is also a band leader. Oh, As in like he has his own band? No, as in like a traditional band leader on a TV show.
1: Oh, uh, count uh, no, uh, Paul. Uh, no,
0: no, no. I oh, no. no, think more modern. Culture. Oh, um, the roots. Yes, and his uh, name is, is. If you are uh, if you uh, have a mission to find love, you might say <laughs> uh, quest love. Quest love. Um, uh, this is a guy that I didn't. I, I, all my friends when I was at Splendor a few years ago were desperate to see this guy, and I used to call him Papa John Smurf. <laughs> uh,
1: Papa John Misty. <laughs> no, John Papa Misty. John Misty. <laughs> Brother Domesti, former Fleet Foxes um
0: stickman. I didn't yeah. know that. He played drums for Fleet Foxes? Uh, Dave Grohl, we all know. This guy I've never heard of, but the band has been mentioned before. His name is Ronnie Venucci Jr. And the band The is- band as and we dis- the band's name came up in an earlier uh discussion today or in an earlier no, today, episode. today, like like okay. when we're talking about another drummer uh okay so we'll he talk- was replaced by another drummer oh, we, the beatles uh no. paul,
1: paul best no. no what's his name The killers. he was a drummer oh, the for killers. the
0: killers okay uh masterminded their finest post-millennial side project releasing the self-titled album from his big talk duo back in 2011 have you heard of big talk sounds familiar but oh, hang on i've accidentally hit a red bubble link uh this the AI sends me red bubble links to Tophat merch. Do mm-hmm. oh, you get that as well? Yeah. Well, I, I, I need it. I've, <laughs> I've just broken my mug. Uh, then there's obviously the big man, Phil Collins, 150 million albums selling. Phil Collins, after a progastic 1970s with Rockers Genesis, Phil Collins set up solo and became one of the 1980s biggest musical stars in the process wrapping up pop uh, the pop angle and hits like in India tonight Sisu studio another day in paradise uh came thinking vast okay famous um female musician who died tragically I believe oh part of a ju- part,
1: part of a duo I believe the the band's name is a surname uh the band's name is a surname. and is also her surname um her name is no
0: don't know Karen Carpenter. Oh, right. An accomplished drummer, as much as she was a singer, Karen Carpenter started out behind the kit in the 60s. All of the early performances of the Carpenters saw her singing from the drums, but she eventually took up a position centre stage. Every now and again, she'd bust out a ballsy solo. Well, Karen Carpenter must be up there in terms of album sales. She's quite big, wasn't she? Yeah, the Carpenters were pretty big. Yeah. Um, this person doesn't sound real. The Patty, Patty Schemmel.
1: Oh, from... Um uh oh hang
0: on uh a, um, a a uh, a, 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 ve- a not a seminal a seminal right girl band
1: yes yes um fuck uh think of when you think of right girl who do you think of i think of
0: uh oh, this the point. most famous right girl um, didn't she even coin the phrase who courtney love oh no that actually was not what i was thinking. okay no ah uh, she was a drummer for Hole. okay um oh this is I, I didn't know he'd become a solo uh, He was a famous drummer. I was thinking L7 for some reason. Yeah. Well, they were right, girls. Yeah. Um, this guy was a famous drummer in a very famous pop band in the 60s. I didn't realize he'd become solo.
1: Um, a rivals to the Beatles, the Rolling Stones. Nope. Uh, across the Atlantic rivals. Across the Atlantic rivals. Mm. So they were a pop band the same. It's like, yeah. Kind of he had a brother Beatles?
0: who was the lead singer of this band
1: Oasis. <laughs> <laughs> in the 60s.
0: Um, no, I don't know. Quintessential no. surf band. From the oh, the Beach Boys. The Beach Boys. Dennis okay. Wilson. Turns out uh, the Beach Boys drummer was a rival to Big Brother Brian Wilson and the songwriting stakes. His debut solo album, Pacific Ocean Blue, came out in 1977 and still holds up as one of the finest examples of West Coast rock and roll. Uh, he didn't do a follow-up in 2008. I don't think he ranks up there. I think they both should. Oh, this is interesting. Um, uh, okay. This guy is... Your dad loves him. Gold One Hundred Four plays a lot of his tracks. There was even a pop song. Uh, there's like a there was a kind of nineties, like uh, there's a nineties grunge song uh, suggesting this person should die.
1: Oh, um, a nineties grunge song it's, suggesting this person should. Yeah, die. it's like
0: um he was the lead singer of a band that are like super popular American band, straight straight up and down rock and well rock and roll sort of folky band from the named after an animal. Um, uh, the monkeys close uh, more like a bird uh, the birds
1: <laughs> <laughs> the
0: eagles the eagles and yes. the lead singer is Don Henley Don Henley sang some of American rockers biggest tunes including Hotel California Desperado Winchy Woman he went on his own way in the 1980s and he carried out making big hits ba 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 um how about Lee Well Don
1: v- Henley would be right up there. He is a he was well, the Eagles a, are huge, right? Yeah, but also Don Henley So like boys of Did you of do you remember that Robert song Don Henley Must Die? No, I don't remember that. Who yeah. was that boy? I
0: don't know. I sit here at okay. triple J when I was a teenager. <laughs> um Lee Von Helm. Uh Lee Von Helm. Lee Von Helm or Lee Von Lee Helm? Von Helm. Doesn't help. No. <laughs> he uh okay, so he's a late great Lee Von Helm, he's a drummer for the band. Have you ever heard of them? Okay, yeah, the band, yeah. Uh, But took on lead vocals. Oh, this is an interesting one. Okay, Um, right. So, female Mm -hmm. pop star, firmly in the pop genre. Okay, uh, was in like a a a pop band that were kind of like the precursor to the Bangles. They were the proto Bangles. The Shantuzis. No. (laughs) The. Um, yeah no they were definitely they were pre-bangles the they the yeah proto bangles um <laughs> no they're called the proto bangles uh, Oh, the proto bangles yeah we all remember the um, proto bangles you might remember the album cover because my brother had it and as a young boy uh, I was very drawn to the cover which was every these female band members all wearing nothing but bath towels oh no i don't know who is this the, it's the band is the go-go's oh yeah of course and the drummer and the drummer then ten singer she... But Belinda Carlyle. Belinda Carlyle. Forget all you I know. I didn't know that Blinda Carlyle was a drummer. Neither did I. Forget... Well, Will, NMA says, <laughs> forget all you think you know about Belinda Carlyle. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out she's more punk rock than a dive bar full of Joe drummers. Wow. Before she joined Pop Tearaway's The Go-Go's, she was a jobbing LA drummer and once sat in with Caustic Germ's Pat Smear for a Nirvana Foo no, uh, sat in... She played for the Germs, is what yeah. I'm trying to say. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. This guy, um, oh, you should know this. Uh, I don't want to give you his name, but it's one of your favorite bands.
1: Oh, uh, The Cure. But hang on. he's that's not, that's not the lead singer? Radiohead. Yeah. Uh, oh, Phil Selway from Radiohead. Yeah. Yeah. He had a solo album. Yeah. But not like a, I mean, he's not like, he didn't make him a star, did he? No, but yeah, but he had a he went out and he did his own solo album, so that makes sense. Okay. um, Anna Pryor? Um, Anna Pryor.
0: Okay, no. No, I mean, have you heard of this? Metronomy? Have you heard of that? Metronomy? Metronomy. Lightspeed Champion. Uh, Joe Mount. Okay. Um, Georgia. Do you know who that is? Wonder Watch for 2015. Georgia Barnes has worked with everyone from Quez and Cape Tempest to Juice. This might as well
1: be in another language. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Is it one of Jimmy Barnes' kids? <laughs> yeah. Is it one of the tin lids that's growing up? Um, have you ever heard of a band called Razor Light? No, I've heard of them, but I wouldn't be able
0: okay. to identify Andy one Burrows. of those. Oh, this is a this guy's actually quite a famous drummer. Um, he does, he sort of, he still kicks around now, covered in tattoos. Um, a, a real celeb. He's a celeb. Like, you know, you often see him... He, you know, like he's he's got he's in the LA scene, he's
1: like a Dave Navarro type, but not Dave Navarro. Yeah, no,
0: in that of that ilk, um, he was part of a very popular, like three piece, Tommy Lee. No three piece. Oh, three piece. Sorry, um, I was still stuck on LA drummers. I mean, yeah, like um, has, shares a surname with a beloved St Kilda footballer, uh, Harvey Lowe, Lockett, dead St Kilda footballer, Baldock. Probably the <laughs> Gary Baldock. Most famous and killed footballer of the
1: 80s. Um, Blonde. Of the. Oh, oh, Barker. Uh, Travis Barker.
0: Travis from Barker from Blink 182. Blink 182, there you go. Yeah. So, well, so he's got a solo career, apparently. Mm. Uh, Blink 182's Turbo Tatted Sticks Man released his debut solo album, Give the Drummer Some, in 2011. Mm. He didn't do it alone. He had a stellar cast of mates helping out from the Neptunes, Cypress Hill, mm. Ludacris, Lil Wayne, and the Rizza. To Kid Cootie, Slash, Tom Morello. This is it's a good line I'm on and listen yeah, to this album. Luster Rhyme, Snoop Dogg, Rick Ross,
1: and Corey Taylor of Slipknot. Right. I like all those people, so if I don't like that album, mm. it's, it's <laughs> Travis Barker's fault. <laughs> uh,
0: let's get to some
1: mail. mail. Oh,
0: yeah, I'm using it as a drink coaster. Hang on one sec. Let me put my hot chocolate down. Uh, if you want to send us some mail, you can do that by going to our website, tofop.com. Uh, there's a little drop down menu at the bottom, so you can just select Tofop. Or if you listen to one of our other podcasts, you can also email those. Um, there's a uh, philosophy, which is your uh, smart, highbrow, mega successful spin off. <laughs>
1: Podcast from this show that you this is your that's your Justin Timberlake uh show, yeah. There's people listening to philosophy going, you know, he was also in this uh podcast called Tofop. Uh,
0: so yeah, check out tofop.com, listen to some of our other great podcasts, and you know what, for any of our podcasts,
1: leave a uh, leave a review, rate us, it all helps. Uh, two guys, one cup, our AFL podcast is doing uh, this weekend. A uh, live grand final show We normally do one The day after the AFL grand final With the guys from Junk Time AFL Adam Rosenbach And uh, Michael Chamberlain And uh, the problem is That of course We can't do a live show This year Because of the world circumstances So we've gone to Zoom Or Mm. something Some sort of Uh, technology and we're selling tickets to that and there are still some tickets available so if you want to see us do a live show the day after the AFL grand final breaking down the grand final and having some fun uh you can do that by we'll just have all the links you know on our social media description and um but if you if you like maybe Charlie and I to do a toefop live show the best way to encourage us to do that would be to buy a ticket to our um grand final show
0: yeah i think too uh, i spoke to michael today because there's been a few people who say they can't watch the live version so i believe there will be a downloadable version afterwards yeah. how we get that out to people whether we put it out on our patreon or you know we've got to work out a way that people can access it if they can't buy a ticket on the day so uh, just follow our socials we'll update you with all that information but in the meantime will here's a little email from a guy called dom hi will and charlie been listening to your old eps to pass the time, not working or seeing many people, was listening to episode forty. Can you remember? Mm. Take a guess what that episode was called. Uh, give me a clue. Well, I mean, you would not be surprised that it was one of our early episodes. Um, to, to, I believe the conversation was about dismissing something. When you dismiss something, you uh, you flick poo 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 poo.
1: <laughs> was it called poo poo? It was called poo poo.
0: Oh boy. Uh, you talk with Justin Hamilton about the order of friends actors that you would sleep with. Okay. It's not what you said, but I'm being more PC. Thank you. Since it's about 15 years uh, since the last season, my order is a bit different. Um, but here it goes. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> From first to last. <laughs>
1: Uh, all right, we'll just... I like this because this is the reverse of what we normally do we're normally answering the mail much later than people have like it'll be about an episode from ages ago because we're not up to date but this is the listeners taking it on board to give us feedback from episode 260 episodes you couldn't ago. even give us feedback in <laughs> episode 40 I don't think so they've taken the opportunity to just contribute
0: I like it okay so Dom's order uh, first to last is Aniston, Perry, LeBlanc, Schwimmer, Cox, Kudrow yeah, I think uh, I think uh, roughly I'd have roughly the same. Maybe a, a few would swap positions, but I, I can I can get behind that. Now for the context, I went with this shit sandwich. Uh, two good, half decent sandwich between one shit person. For me, Perry and Cox are the two really I really hate. <laughs> so I definitely need to uh, put my go tos first and last. Okay, I'll see oh, what he's doing. Start strong, finish strong. Right? Yeah. But
1: I don't believe we were saying you had the like you do them in order, right? Wasn't it just like. If you had a choice. But I've got to say, you're still going to, like, if you're going to have to sleep with all the cast members of Friends, you're still going to have to sleep with them in order. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd start with them with a good
0: one. Hardest was the third and fourth positions Mm. because it could go either way. But I feel Matt LeBlanc would be a belter after Matt Perry to get over it. Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would go the other way. I reckon I'd want Matt Perry. Matt Matt Perry would be my, because he'd be my favorite friend, I think. So I think I'd put him at the halfway mark if I was feeling a bit like, you know i wasn't enjoying it or whatever and he would some sardonic like aside or witty remark or something and i'm like okay okay i can get through well
1: you'd be able to riff on the first couple of people from friends you've already fucked yeah could your erection be less impressive (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad to be third not uh
0: the only downside would be that the first guy i'd sleep with ever would then be matthew perry god damn it but I finished with two females, so I guess that's a plus.
1: Well, whatever floats your boat, mate. Whatever, man. If you got, if, I mean, the idea is you're sleeping with them all. Yeah, I, I would. You've I, already committed to that, okay. so I'm just going to do mine off the top of my okay. head. I have not put too much thought into this, and I wonder if it'll like correlate with what I originally said. In order, I like the idea that you got to like start and f- end strong. Start and end strong. I think that is a good idea. So, I'm going to start. I'm going to start with. I'm going to start with Courtney Cox. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'm going to start with Courtney Cox. I'm going to move on to David Schwimmer. Interesting. Yeah. You get the uh, the Gellers out of the way first. Yeah, exactly. You the Gellers. Gellers. You're going all Game of Thrones, right? <laughs> right. And then, then I think that I'm going to go Matthew Perry. Mm, halfway Mark. Exactly. Just like, Make first a joke. two were just kind of like, a moose bouche an entree now I need like a main course and I feel like that's going to be a Matthew Perry Matt LeBlanc double yeah so Perry into LeBlanc yeah then Phoebe yeah um interesting Lisa Kudrow and then I'll finish with Jennifer Aniston because
0: I so you go so you go Perry LeBlanc Kudrow Aniston yeah okay that's interesting so is Matt LeBlanc just get it out of the way no, that's my kind of, like, main meal. Okay, so Perry and LeBlanc are kind of like, it's like a two-course main Yeah, meal. exactly. Right, okay. That makes sense. So and then,
1: yeah, Kudrow, um, like, whatever. That's just kind of, like, you know, an in-between. And then the sweet, sweet dessert that is Jennifer Aniston. Well,
0: it's interesting, because he uh, the next question was, has your order changed? And he says, does Will still rank Kudrow last? Which you haven't. You've put Aniston last, but different but your logic yeah. yeah if i was doing them in order kudrow would still be last yes probably <laughs> what other tv cast members would you do <laughs> <laughs> and he's given us a list happy days a good place Fraser, or any others dealer's choice cheers okay. guys <laughs> I mean,
1: uh, have any of those right, shows cheers.
0: cheers oh yeah cheers okay that's <laughs> yeah. good right. so are we talking kirstie alley years or Shelley long
1: uh kirstie alley
0: okay all right kirstie alley well
1: so kelsey Grammer's in it Oh, yeah. I, Kirstie Alley, you know, Woody
0: Harrelson. I'd go Beb Newworth first. I always thought she was hot. Yep. Okay. Um, what was her name? Uh, Fraser's wife. Uh, Lilith.
1: Yeah, okay. Yep, Lilith.
0: Uh, um, and then Ted Danson. So uh-huh. handsome. Yep. Like, no problems there. Heterosexual man, but Ted Danson. So beautiful. Um, is Woody Harrelson or is it coach at this stage? Let's say Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. I think I'd bring Woody Harrelson in. Oh, maybe not. Maybe I'll save Woody for the end because I really okay. like Woody. And yeah. We could have good pillow talk. Right. So okay. So I'll go. Yeah. So I go, Lilith.
1: Yeah. Ted Danson. Yeah.
0: Now, who's my main meal? I guess it's Kirsty Alley, but she, she's yeah. a Scientologist and mm-hmm. she's a bit of a fucking weirdo. Yeah, now. but
1: what about Norm and Cliff?
0: Well, I'm gonna have to I'm hoping to just rush through. Norm, the, Cliff, the and Frazier. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna run a run a train. <laughs> through the back end of uh of the cheers cast because none of those guys particularly appear what about ria perlman oh shit it's danny devito's wife i feel yeah. terrible i don't want danny devito angry at me <laughs> or is he giving me his blessing no he's, oh, no he's, in he's on board it. yeah he's watching, he's watching. <laughs> <laughs> no go ahead
1: by all means he's dressed as the penguin and he's
0: just watching um, okay. Well, I uh, let's put Rhea. I like Rhea Pelman. I like Rhea Pelman like, too. And I like Carla. So let's put yep. her in the middle. And then of the three, I wasn't a big fan of Frasier. Mm. Didn't really like the character or anything like that. Of the three, Norm, Cliff mm. and Frasier. Cliff is my favorite. So mm. I'm going to put Cliff and, and uh, uh, Carl Carla together in the middle. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to quickly get through <laughs> Norm and and uh frazier. uh frazier and then i'm going to finish with woody harrelson because i reckon he'd be great fun he'd smoke a joint afterwards and just hang out and talk he'd show me like how he doesn't cook his food he'd show me around his kitchen he'd, you know his friend's got a tree in the middle of his kitchen because he eats raw food um okay next letter will hmm. this is from jay just jay subject alternate tofop Verse. two colon fop. hey lads Thanks for the years of conversation. It's been great. I've always wondered how different the podcast would be if you'd started five years later than you did when your podcast needed to be about something. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point. You probably wouldn't have done it. No. Well, it'd be... Yes, I don't... It's much harder to come up with a podcast idea these days. Well, we probably might have done the footy podcast. Oh, yeah. I came across this random list of 15 untapped podcast ideas that you could start a podcast about. Okay, great. Skip all the fluff at the top. The topics are about halfway down. I thought it'd be funny if Will came up with a pun title... Okay. for some of them and you, and you pretend to know anything about the topics with a bit of classic topop improv <laughs> oh, a bit of classic top-op improv. <laughs> if it's a stupid idea feel free to give it a miss thanks lads no jay we're going to go there mate your wish is my command okay this is from buzzsprout.com which Ooh. is like a knockoff buzzfeed right okay so i'm just skipping okay these are the topics yes oh hang on <laughs> wait a minute okay uh, number one, the outdoors, i.e., hiking, camping, boating, etc. Okay. Example: the best place to hike in a particular state or region, camping hacks, etc. Yeah.
1: Well, one of the original names we were going to call this podcast was "We're going to need a bigger boat." Yep, that was literally on our list of when we were coming up with names for Toefop. So we call that "We're going to need a bigger boat." Well, this is going to screw your second one because the second topic is sailing. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to need an even bigger boat. <laughs> uh, what about welding, metal work? You've got sail. We call our sailing one, You Got Sail. Yeah. And we answer questions from people on email about uh, sailing. Getting wet with Will and Charlie. Oh, yeah, okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Welding, metalworking, or woodworking? Um, Getting wood with Will and (laughs) Charlie. (laughs) Uh, A show about animals. For example, you want to make a niche dog podcast, you can have a show about a specific breed. Mm. Well, the journalist who wrote this wrote bread instead of breed. (laughs) Okay, right. Uh, Dogs out of work. The dog boy. Yeah. Yeah. The kings of (laughs) dogginus. Crafting and DIY, i.e. pottery, sewing, quilting, painting, house product, blah, blah, blah. Uh, A surefire way to cut your fingers off. (laughs) Is
1: that too long a title? No. Visit to the emergency room with Will and Charlie. Crafts. Um, Craft work? Craft, oh, craft work.
0: Yeah. Yeah, great. Um, a, so- a pod about musical instruments like guitar learning hacks successfully booking gigs um, how about this drummer to singer in 30
1: days oh yeah that's good um, house flipping um, house flipping uh, um, uh, um, uh, new homo yeah that's great <laughs> <laughs> hashtag new homo <laughs> uh, a podcast about podcasting 30-odd footer pod. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Podcast about wedding event planning. Um, uh, Um, Divorced in five years' time. (laughs) Yeah. Pre-divorce. The pre-divorce podcast. The
1: pre-divorce podcast. That's good.
0: Uh, Podcast about 3D printing.
1: Um, Don't make guns. Yeah. uh, 3D. 3D. Um, No. Yeah, okay. No. No. Uh, A podcast about storm chasing. Um,
0: Anywhere the wind blows. Oh, I like that. Yes. I was going to say Storm Boys. Or we could say Twister without the special effects. (laughs) (laughs) The only reason for watching that film we don't have in this podcast. (laughs) Caving, rock climbing or repelling.
1: Um, Stuff we cannot do. Yeah. Repellent, (laughs) the podcast. Um, Urban farming. You might know a bit about this. Uh, Urban farming. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, The Happy Hydroponics Hour. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A book review podcast. Um, Flip it. Flip. uh, um,
0: Page Turner. Chapter. Chapter.
1: Verse and chapter.
0: No, that's more like a Bible thing. uh,
1: uh, The book. His wife, the thief and his lover or whatever it is. (laughs) um okay this is from john
0: concerned citizen of the world is a subject to colin fop are we just going to roll over and accept our new robot overlords oh. look at these robot dolphins they're terrifying okay. i for one have been doing my bit to fight the good fight i've been studying mechatronic engineering at university which is essentially robotic engineering. Mm-hmm. And I have been consistently failing subjects to ensure there isn't another robotic engineer in this world. My efforts seem futile, but at least I'm doing something. You've given it a go. I asked the listeners of TOEFOP, what are you doing? Warm regards, John. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, robotic un- engineering, I didn't even realize that. I mean, I guess that is the thing. I thought you just studied
1: like, engineering and then you'd apply to robotics, but I guess it would be a specialised thing now, right? Yeah, absolutely it would be. And I think the only way that we can stop the rise of the robots is more lazy idiots. Like us. Well, no, I was going to say like like John. Like John. (laughs) Applying for that course and they're not doing any work. Uh, This is from Liam,
0: not Liam Gallagher. Uh, Subject, could have crashed the car. Okay. I remember... (laughs) (laughs) He says, hey guys, I just wanted to say that when you were talking about getting kicked in the tubular balls with a cowboy boot, I cried laughing so hard I could have crashed my van. Not that I am encouraging kicking in the baby makers, but man, that broke me. I was laughing so hard. On a side note, I was listening to your email segment after the kicking where a listener asked about how much you would charge to talk about his company. I thought I'd ask about mine. I make homemade silver coffee bean jewellery under the name Coffee Bean Culture on Facebook. Here's a website. Although I've not built the site yet, so I'm currently just using Facebook. Okay, so uh, I was going to... So yeah. Well, event, one it's day... on Facebook. Yeah. Go to... One day, go to www.coffeebeanculture.com mm. and hopefully... The website and we
1: will can't pass. mock that, by the way, because, you know, it took us a long while to get our website <laughs> together too. If you do read this and uh, read out the the mm-hmm. Facebook
0: name, I'd love to bribe you. I mean, thank you by sending you some silver coffee bean necklaces that you and your that you can give to your partner and pretend you bought them lovingly. Loving the podcast, I'm a new listener, having found you through James and Meso's podcast, The Weekly Planet. But I'm glad I found you. All the best, Liam from Blair Gowrie in Scotland, oh, where my nice. life is from. Um, look, mate, if you want to send us uh, uh, the coffee bean necklace, you go right to it. I don't know we have an address I can give out on air. So mm. uh, let me get back to you on that one. <laughs> we'll get a PO box or something. Uh, this next bit of mail is from Scott. Margot Robbie ASMR. Hey, guys, I'll keep this brief. After hearing you discovering ASMR last episode, I figured you might enjoy the one Margaret Robbie did about Vegemite. It's easy to find via Google and it's worth the three minutes. Enjoy. Did you know about this? No. I'm going to search that (laughs) as soon as I leave your place tonight. Yeah, you can report on that next week. Okay. (laughs) Um, okay. uh, uh, This is another, Scott. Uh, Subject. (laughs) COVID hoax. Proof. Oh, okay, great. Hey, guys. Just writing in with some proof about the COVID hoax we're all living through. Recently, these twin sisters drank from the same cup used by someone who had COVID-19. Same DNA, but only one of them contracted COVID and the other one didn't. Still think the government is involved? Google two girls, one cup to learn more. <laughs> As Will mentioned, we have a podcast called Two Guys, One Cup. It's about AFL. Much better. You it's very than
1: the different one. Very Two different. Girls, One Cup. Uh, Blake. We, we weren't aware that there was a video called Two Girls, One Cup when we came up with Two Guys, One Cup, but it is completely unrelated. Uh, Blake uh, says, uh, subject line, possible discussion. Hey, guys,
0: I just saw this on Reddit and thought it might warrant discussion. There is a picture of Mr. Freeze, Poison Ivy in Batman with a caption. He's trying to cool the planet. She's trying to regrow the forest, mm-hmm. and they want us to root for the trust fund billionaire. I guess my question to you is... Could we get a decent reboot where they are misunderstood? Well, I think that's what all good Batman stories do—is they make the villain compelling. Like even in the Dark Knight Rises, Bane, as misguided as he as he was, there was yeah, there was a there was a rationale behind it you could get behind.
1: Right? Well, he was raised in the darkness. He was in love with Talia, and he they believed the League of Shadows believed in. That you needed to kind of destroy the world before it could be cleanse it yeah rebuild again i mean it makes a lot of sense when you say that <laughs> <laughs> uh, final letter is from dennis hey guys i've been
0: listening to your podcast for the past few months just catching up on the backlog recently i was on long service leave and thought i'd dive into a few 80s movies mm-hmm. towards the end i watched a childhood fave called the wraith it starred charlie sheen's Pretty typical revenge flick with a supernatural twist. Think the crow, but he kills people with a car. It was the 80s. Long story short, he gets his revenge after knocking off five guys and rides off into the sunset with his girl, but not before giving his murder vehicle to his brother. Did Charlie Sheen's character just frame his brother for his murder? The car was a Dodge Interceptor 85 model, I think, so it's very unique. I'm not sure the makers of this film thought this through. Have you seen any movies that made you say, hey, wait a second, keep up the great work, Dennis? Yeah. Yeah. There's like plenty of films. Uh, Back to the Future, the plan is to seduce your mother. (laughs) Like, that's the best option to get your parents together? You don't want to just like anonymous letters sent to each of them, like, you know, Freaky Friday style to get the parents together? No. This is the only option that we could come up with. (laughs) Well, I guess in Back to the Future, the, Hmm. the twist is that his mother has fallen in love with him. Yes. So he has to somehow take that attraction and direct it at his father. So... I'll forgive Back to the Future in this instance. I think
1: most 80s movies. Yeah, it's not like Marty went back and said, "You know what I want to do." I always wanted to do Doc. <laughs> <laughs> Marty, <you> disgust me. <laughs> great scum. You're a pervert. Um Speaking of 80s movies, there's a show that everyone <laughs> has be wanted. Great, by the way, if like Doc Brown, because like the idea being that like you know, how does Marty and Doc Become friends. How do they like end up working with each other? Right. So Marty's this local teen, Doc's this like you know disgraced scientist, and like Marty's been helping him out with his like time travel experiments and all these sort of things. And Doc says, "I think I've got it. I think as long as I can get this plutonium, I think that we can like master time travel. And I want you to you know do it with me." And Marty's like, "On one condition." (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen my mum in the fifties? She was hot. Yeah, I mean, Back to the Future was the original Pornhub because that's pretty much all Pornhub is now people yeah. trying to save their parents from something in the future. Uh, a lot of people have asked us to talk
0: about Cobra Kai. Oh yeah. Um, uh, so here's what I'll say about Cobra Kai. I watched the first season. Yes. I've watched only the first two episodes. I, and I loved it. Really enjoyable. Mm. It's everything. People were right. It's exactly what you and I would do if we were to reboot the Karate Kid. Everything about it is great. But having said that, I, so I've been to the first series and then went straight into the second and I cannot recall a drop in quality quite as steep as what I've experienced from the first season to the second season. To the point where I think I finished it, I'm not sure. I tuned out about, th- I got worried in the first app, tuned out about three episodes in, and then started hate watching it. Like, I couldn't believe how much they made me hate all these characters that I, well, that's not true. Johnny, I still think, is the best character, and they should have just stuck with him. Him, the, the, the premise of Cobra Kai season one is bad Santa. He's this dude who's fucking terrible at life. He's a bad guy. He's a grown-up bully. And he teaches a kid how to fight. And there's mixed messages the whole way through. And it's entertaining. It's funny. And the music's great. But the second one, it's like they completely misunderstood the formula of what made the first one work. And they bring Ralph Macchio in and make him like the hero again. It's like, no, that's the whole point why this works is you've subverted what we know about the Karate Kid. I just it's just it yeah I, I'm I'm so angry with <laughs> that series because I just feel like well what I feel like happened is that the, yeah. the creators of it and I found out later that two of the writers on it are the guys who wrote to- hot dub time machine which as you know yeah it's one of my all-time favorite like, <laughs> time travel films and I think they had a great idea for a, a series and they had a brilliant first series and it has a great arc it's really it builds at the end it's really but then when the network came back to them and said all right series two they're like fuck, fuck. we just gonna make we a- just did not imagine you would want a second series of this it is it is so bad like i really I, I i can't express enough how disappointed i am with the second series look i'll be honest i'll probably watch the third just to see if they can get the
1: magic back but i think true detective is why wisely- are they trying to follow the formula of the karate kid movies themselves in that the first one's good and then they just get less and less good as they go on it feels like that because it feels like all the magic of the karate kid
0: well here's the other thing that they do and you may have noticed in the first three episodes is they do just the right amount of fan service where it's like oh you know what's this uh, object oh and then they'll have a flashback you're like oh Miss Miyagi gave that to, and so it's just the right amount just to remind you but they don't dwell on it. This fucking second series. They, they just play entire clips.
1: <laughs>
0: entire clips from the old films. And it's just like... I think, they think, I think they misunderstood that Daniel is not... Daniel. Daniel is a character that you root for because he's the underdog. Right. Now that he's a successful karate champion, car salesman with a beautiful wife and stuff... I don't want to fucking see him triumph.
1: Yeah, fuck that I want guy. to see him
0: lose. Yeah. Like what I was hoping they were going to do was make him the villain. He'd become like, you know, he's now a corporate fucking scumbag. It felt like that's where they were going from the bit of it that I saw. I was like, oh, this is great. And in a way, the first series is like yeah. that. But the second series, I don't know if Ralph Macchio's agent mm. muscled in and was like, hey, you know, he wants a mm. bigger slice of the pie. But everything about him as a character or Danny LaRus- Daniel LaRusso as a character is, he's got to be a loser. He's got to be up against it.
1: That's why the Johnny Lawrence character works. Well, I was going to say, if he lost everything, again, I haven't seen it. So, But if there was a point at the end of the first series where like, he lost all the success that he had and then had to rebuild, you could probably that would do a story perfect. around him. That's exactly what they should have done.
0: The end of the first series, whatever disaster happens, some scandal, he loses his business, his wife leaves him, yep. and he blames Johnny for it. And now he's coming for Johnny. And so you can just build it up like that. But yeah, man, like it's just... I'll be interested to see if you, I mean, I think you will enjoy the first series, but I'll be interested to see if you make it into the second series because it's just like garbage.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm sorry. I don't have time to watch that. I'm too busy watching Phil Collins (laughs) in the Edson Night for the 15th time. Um, all right we're gonna wrap it up
0: there uh if you want to support the show uh best way to do that um besides you know buying stuff from our sponsors and leaving reviews and going to our youtube channel and all that kind of stuff is to go to patreon that's the hard cash money way you can support the show there's a bunch of great bonus content up there we will be putting more stuff up there in fact should we tease our idea for the new show we've been talking about doing that we think maybe we'll release on patreon Uh, yeah why not Yeah. So what we just did then, Mm. (laughs) the discussion about what you do with Cobra Kai, we're thinking we're going to do a new podcast where we take famous like properties and we put our spin on it. I don't know if you call it a
1: reboot or a reimagining or a rewrite. Well taking like a character or like not necessarily, you know it wouldn't necessarily be Cobra Kai style, but yeah, you take It's not all... the continuing adventures of Batman no, or anything like that. But taking like a beloved character from a movie or somebody that you might have wanted to see more time with and then pitching their own spin off series. Yeah. So we
0: haven't really decided what it is yet. We haven't recorded it yet, but that's coming soon. And we're going to release it on Patreon. And it'll be one of those things where if we feel like we get enough interest in it, then we'll make it a regular thing. But for now, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Mel Anderson.